Thanks for clicking on this podcast. This is The Average Sports Nerds. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Wilson. We do this podcast. It's three lifelong friends who just love sports. So if you want to support us, check us out on Instagram and TikTok at AVG Sports Nerds. And we're going to be going live starting June 27th on YouTube and Twitch. So be looking out for that June 27th and every Sunday thereafter, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Come check us out. Come vibe with us. It's going to be a good time. Thanks for the support. What's up, Nerd Nation? It's your boy, Chris. We're back with another NBA episode here. It's been a crazy week so far in the playoffs. A lot of good stuff happening. Maybe not for Alex, but as always, I'm joined by Alex, Snicks, Miles Davis. What's going on, fellas? Yo, yo, yo. These these playoff series are starting to get real intense, and I like the competitiveness. I, I don't like that uh, all these playoff teams just blowing each other out. I like seeing these 3-3, three, 3-2 three, three, series, so... Yeah, it's it's nice. Sure, you can say that. You can say that. Yeah, I mean, definitely to that point, Suns were the only team that really swept every other series 3-2 right now. But we can start off here, talk about Alex's team, the Philadelphia 76ers. Last night, we're recording this on Thursday night, but last night, 76ers, Got up to a huge lead, 26 points, I believe, at one point. Mm-hmm. Ended up losing the ball game. Terrible night for Tobias Harris. He, he had four points, 38 minutes. Trey Young came through down the stretch. I'm going to kick it to Alex. I got a lot more thoughts, but I want to hear what you think about your team right now, down 3-2, going back to Atlanta. Yeah, uh, first, let me just start off by saying I had a, a great experience on Monday in Atlanta, game four. You know, in that game, we were also up by 18. And then the Hawks come back off the back of John Collins going crazy with a couple putback dunks in the third quarter. And that just sparked the whole crowd, gave the Hawks a whole bunch of momentum. And Embiid had his worst game I've ever seen him play. But I'm not here to talk about that game. I mean, uh, that was a bad game, sure. But... The game that was the one of the worst performances or the one of the worst, the worst collapse I've ever seen from one of my teams that I follow. And what, you know, obviously one of the worst collapses in NBA history was last night, game five in Philadelphia, up 26. Joel Embiid had 24 and 10 at halftime. They're up 22 at halftime. They're rolling, looking like the team that they're supposed to look like and what they have looked like. Through most of the series, actually, there's only been a few quarters that the Hawks have won. And two of them were last night and two of them were in game four. Other than game one, the Sixers have looked absolutely dominant in this series until they start to collapse mentally. (sighs) Joel Embiid had 37. Seth Curry had 36. No other Sixer made a field goal in the second half last night. Not a single other person made a field goal. Tobias Harris had four points. He is a max contract player. Ben Simmons, max contract player. A combine of 12 points from those two guys in that effort last night. I just, I don't even know, I can't even put it into words, the feeling that I was having watching this unfold. I'm sitting here thinking, there's no way they're going to let this happen. Two nights after it happened in game four and at home in Philly. I can understand letting it happen on the road a little bit more because the crowd is there. You have the momentum, sure. But doing it at home in a game five, when if it's, it's the series is tied 2 2, if the, the team that wins game five wins the series 80, 80 plus percent of the time. And if you lose this game, you have to go to Atlanta to try and keep your season alive. It was just, it was preposterous. It was awful. It was one of the worst performances I've ever seen in the second half. Seth Curry had his best game of his playoff career. He had his, he had his career high at 36. It didn't matter. At this point, you know, I, at the beginning of the playoffs, and we did our playoff preview episode, I said that if Ben Simmons is the reason they don't get to the finals because of his offense, I want him gone. They're not even going to get to the conference finals at this rate. 
what and I've been so high. I've been defending but this guy and, and this offense because of the way they can look. They look they can look absolutely dominant, like we saw earlier in the game when the whole team the, the team is moving the ball. Joel Embiid is doing his thing. Seth Curry is hitting shots. Tobias Harris is hitting shots. This team is very good offensively. But when it gets stagnant and you need a spark somewhere, Ben Simmons isn't going to be that guy unless he gets a steal and gets a fast break bucket. And then his free throw shooting. He said four years ago, four years ago in 2017, I forget who it was. I think it was the Celtics. They started doing the hack of Ben four years ago. And he said in a press conference, it's, he's not going to have, you know, the Sixers and fans, the organization isn't going to have to worry about him and his free throw shooting. He said he's going to start knocking him down. Well, Ben, that's not true. Miles, you said it earlier today in the group chat. The man has gotten worse offensively since he got the league. And I really didn't want to believe it, man. I, I've heard that all season because of his numbers. But I, I wanted to believe that the offense was, was a lot better because they have better shooters around with Danny Green and Seth Curry and, you know, a deeper bench. So he doesn't have to score that much. But, I mean, it, it, he just hasn't gotten any better at all since his rookie season. He's gotten more athletic, sure. He's gotten a better passer, sure. He's gotten a lot better defensively, sure. But what is all that going to do if you have eight points in a critical playoff game? And, the you know, the season that this team is supposed to get to the finals. I could keep going on and on and on, but I don't want to take up too much time here. Just this performance was awful. Joel Embiid played 39 minutes on a bum knee, and he still had 37 and 13 and five assists. He didn't even take that many free throws. Doc Rivers, oh, Doc Rivers. He is obsessed with playing the bench with Tobias Harris in there. And that works if Tobias Harris is being aggressive and scoring. It didn't work last night. It hasn't. It didn't work in game four. Tobias Harris clearly isn't good enough to be a number two option. You know, at the beginning of the playoffs and throughout the regular season, we thought he was because he was averaging 20 plus. He was averaging 25 um, even at the beginning of the series. That, that's what his uh, average was. So. I don't know. I guess I guess the pressure gets to him too much. And Doc Rivers just doesn't know how to rally, get his team rallied together whenever it's going bad. And, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about him and his failures over the past few seasons here in a little bit. But that was by far the worst collapse I've ever seen from a, from a Philadelphia sports team. And we've had some pretty bad ones. And I, I don't even want to I honestly don't even want to watch the game on Friday. <laughs> like I mean, I'm going to watch it. But I just, I just, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm just distraught. I'm sick to my stomach. I'm nauseous. Everything, all the above, I'm disgusted. And I'm, and it takes a lot for me to be embarrassed. And I don't throw that word around loosely, but that was, that was absolutely embarrassing last night. Yeah, you, you pretty much covered it all, man. But um, I'm not going to gloss over game four like how you did. Joel Embiid did smoke that layup at the end of the game in the clutch. And, hey, he's the guy. You was talking about him being MVP this season. And I don't know. You can't have those kind of games in the playoffs. I know that's a regular season award, but, man, he's just got to make that layup in that game four. That, that was bad. That was bad. And, yeah, to speak on the game five, I honestly stopped watching the game because I realized that the Hawks were down by so much. And I was just like – I just don't see the Hawks being good enough to come back in a game of this magnitude against a team like Philly. Yeah, Same they, here, bro. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. yeah, they lost game four, but I was just like, all right, that, that could have just been a flu game. It probably sh it shouldn't happen again. The The 76ers are relatively healthy. So when I when you guys told me in the group chat that the Hawks actually came back and won, I, I literally couldn't believe it. Had to go look at the extended highlights immediately. Lou Williams balled out. Sweet Lou. Lemon pepper. Lemon pe yeah, lemon pepper Lou, who used to be a 76er back in the day, by the way. Revenge yeah. game? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, um, man, I'm not a fan of the 76ers, Alex, but I, I can feel your embarrassment, man. That, that's, that's just bad. That was just bad the way they went out. There's no reason they should have lost that game. And you know it's a playoff game. You got to keep your pedal to the metal. Don't let You can't let up in these games because teams are – as we've seen, good enough to come back from 20-point deficits. And yeah. I think back in back in the day, 20-point deficits used to be like, 
All right, yeah, that they got this game under control. But in today's game, hit a couple threes, you're down by nine in like two minutes. So mm-hmm. you got to yep. keep your yeah, you got to keep your pedal to the metal. And man, that this is bad. They 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 should have they should have had that game in the bag. And shout out to the Hawks though, Lou Williams, Trey Young, obviously. Yeah, Trey Young played fantastic. Yeah, I mean, this dude's rallying off thirty point games in the playoffs like it's nothing. And I yeah, I, I really thought Ben Simmons would be the reason be a big reason why they win the series defensively because I thought they was going to be able to shut him down and we saw that in game two and three he was very slow and I don't know what what's happened in the past couple of games I mean he only had 23 in game four but he had 18 assists and he could have had I, I think I read that he could have had 34 he set up 34 assist opportunities they just missed their shots and some layups so I yeah I thought Ben Simmons was going to be the reason why defensively they win and if he's not able to stop the you know the, their best player what is what is why is he even on the court uh, i hate to say it i hate why I mean, is he on the court yeah i, yeah. I agree and and his he's not he, i think he, you guys said he missed was four for 14 from the free throw line missed yep. like as a point guard in the nba there should be as anybody in the nba i don't even care what position you are you shouldn't be missing you no know, 10 free throws in a game i mean I'm, I'm sure he practices way more than everyone thinks he does but dude you, you got to execute there's high schoolers out there that can go in and knock down some free throws at a higher clip than Ben Simmons. And Ben Simmons has all the time. He's a, he's a professional. That's what he does is basketball. I mean, you got to improve on stuff like that. You know, your own, your only way of scoring is getting to the rim. You're going to get fouled. You got to be able to convert those opportunities. And he just, he just doesn't do it. And that could have been the difference in some of these games, him just making these free throws. Yeah. A hundred percent, man. Like, look, Ben Simmons got to take a lot of blame on this. It's, it's just utterly ridiculous. He's a max player. He shot four field goal attempts. He, he that that's just ridiculous. Like I, I'm trying to think of other adjectives and other things to say, but that shouldn't happen. Then, like you guys mentioned, the four for fourteen at the free throw line. If you can at least give them, I'm saying sixty percent, but just one out of two when they foul you, at least get something up on the on the board is a lot of times he's going over two at the line. Those are just backbreakers, just wasted possession. You did good, got to the line and then get nothing out of it. Just demoralizing for the team. And then the fact that he can't shoot, they're not even playing him above the free throw line. It's completely disrespectful. Anybody who's played the game. I know that can't feel good to him. It's just, I don't know where they go from here. I still think that they can win this series. Like, I really do. They can win. Oh, I agree with that there's, too. Actually, there's no reason why they shouldn't win. Like, and I hate to say that because they, in every single game, like I've said, they have played better. They just had two monumental collapses. The Hawks. I don't want to not give the Hawks credit because they deserve credit. But the Sixers are the reason why they're losing. It's not the Hawks being better. It's the Sixers' mental mistakes, mental lapses on defense, not having the intensity they have at the beginning of the game. The past two games. Doc Rivers not making proper adjustments, having Seth Curry guard Lou Williams the entire time last night. Didn't make any sense. Um, just little little things, man, that are so important in the playoffs that they just they are the reason why they're losing. And I get Trey Young has been balling, and Lou Williams did his thing last night. Ice Trey. But at the same time, the Sixers are a better team. Period. They have better players. Period. So they are the. I, I, I don't know about that. Uh, hold on. Outside of outside of Embiid, I'm starting to look down the roster. Outside here. The outside Hawks of have Embiid, a lot of guys that can play. Yeah, the Sixers have more. Period. I mean, if Danny Green wasn't hurt, who knows? This game, this series probably was over anyway. Seth Curry is better than any wing player they have. They have you know, obviously they have Tobias Harris, who arguably could have been an All Star this season, but he just disappeared the past two games. If Tobias Harris shows up, and Joel Embiid is obviously doing his thing. Well, this, he didn't this, get four. He didn't. Yeah, and and it was his knee. Like, it was obvious. He said he like he said. Doc said the people are, around the organization said he just didn't have the lift in game four that he that he's had all playoffs, and that you know that's going to happen. He's going to have a bad game, but you know he's got to find a way to deal with it. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but it, it's just it is what it is. I, I'm not going to sit here and let just let you say that the Hawks have might have a better roster than the Sixers. Hey, I mean, you can't disrespect, like, John Collins and, like, Kevin Werder, though. Like, they, these guys Kevin are Kevin Herter and... didn't do anything. Bogdan yeah. Bogdanovich didn't do anything. They just haven't 
Yeah, John but John Collins is a solid offensive rebounder and an energy guy. And a, I mean, John Collins can be just as effective as Tobias Harris on any given night. I disagree with that. I agree I think, with that. I think, I think, I don't think John Collins can average 20, 25 points in a playoff series. Yeah, but on it, that's why I said any given night. Like, yeah, maybe oh, he's any not given like, night, sure. Maybe he's not like as I good, mean, but like for the games that like, I mean, he's showed it. I mean, when it matters, he's playing yeah, he, just as he's playing just as good, if not way he had better. Nineteen last night, yeah. yeah. Nineteen so. and eleven, three or four mm-hmm. from three. He was yeah, and I think him, down some shots. Yeah, and I, honestly, I only knew him as really like a dunker, but I didn't I didn't even realize he could shoot threes that well. And he's yeah. been like keeping the defense honest by making these threes. So yeah. I mean, yeah, he's, he's a solid like eighteen and nine for like his yeah. career. Like I think you can't be somewhere around that. there. Yeah, he's pretty but, solid. Gallinari's anyway, pretty solid. Like oh, yeah, he, he hit a tough a vet. shot. Yeah, he's a vet. Yeah, he I mean, just looks like a vet out there. I, I mean, I, I get, I get. You know, with the Sixers not playing well, that it's easy for us to say, you know, say these things. But when they do play well, they look fantastic, and they look better than the Hawks do when the Hawks win. The Hawks are winning by the edge of their teeth in every single game. When the Sixers win, they're dominating. So if the Sixers can just be able to learn how to continue to dominate these games, then this isn't a series at all. This this would have been over in five, but I they mean, just it, can't. It's still kind of alarming though that they're having these kind of lapses and like oh, the, the yeah, core the core of this team has actually been together for a long time. And then yeah. the fact that they're they're just blowing 20 point, 18 point leads and not being able to just step on their throat and just close the game out. That's I agree. I don't see I think comes, y'all have hit the ceiling and it comes down to coaching. Yeah. We can get into it yeah. right now. And I'm thinking Doc Rivers. Bring up all the, yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking Doc Rivers might be a little bit overrated. I mean, no disrespect to the guy. He went out there, won a championship with the Celtics in 08. But, I mean, ever since then, he's been dealing with the Clippers. Um, who, who was he with last year? Uh, it was the Clippers. Yeah, the Clippers. Oh, he's still with the Clippers last year? Yeah, I mean, he, he I think he underachieved for them. Yeah, yeah I'll, look, I got him pulled up here. Yeah. This is three times now that he's blown a 3-1 lead. In the playoffs, if you include last year, first in 2003, this was way back early on in his career. He had the magic up 3 1 on the Pistons. Now, the Pistons probably were the better team, they were the one seed, the magic were the eight, but they were up 3 1, collapsed, lost that series. Yeah, okay. 2015, a lot of people don't remember, they had the Rockets up 3 1. That was the Chris Paul. I remember that. Uh, I think, I don't know if Blake Griffin was hurt or not. I'm looking at it. Uh, there's a picture here. Blake Griffin was on the court. DeAndre One of them Jordan. was most likely hurt that way at some point. Yeah. <laughs> so they blew that lead to the Rockets in 15. Same thing last year, 2020, with Paul George, Kawhi. We all know what happened in the bubble last year. Blew the 3-1 lead to the Nuggets. Doc Rivers, some of these comebacks, he's five out of the last – out of the top eight for the last two playoffs, giving up the biggest comebacks. I don't know, man. It's just something about when another team is starting to gain that momentum, he he doesn't seem to be able to make the adjustments and put an end to that to the sparks, and the sparks become fires. And it's just, I don't I don't know, man. I I like Doc Rivers. I always thought he was a good coach, but seeing some of these numbers is it's alarming, like you said, Miles. And the players that he's dealt with too. I mean, he's dealing with perennial All Star players this whole entire time, and. Yeah, it's alarming because he, yeah, man, he's just not doing what he's supposed to be doing. And, like, I think he's been getting a lot of credit that maybe he hasn't really deserved as much in the last few years, like the stats you just read off. I mean, dude's just not getting it done. And it's like the other coach is playing chess while he's out there still trying to, like, play on the checkerboard. Like, he's not making the correct adjustments. He's just kind of letting things play out as it is and yeah. and just not making the adjustments mid-game. Yeah, I mean, I, I did notice a few adjustments. Uh, or I have noticed a few adjustments in this series, but not enough in the middle of the game. Nate McMillan has done a fantastic job out coaching Doc and getting this team playing the way they're playing. Really, since he he took over, I think they have they were tied with the Sixers for the best record in the East since Nick McMillan Nate McMillan took over. So you know he's they've been playing very well since he took over, and Doc man. I just, I'm not going to say he's, I don't think he's an overrated basketball mind in terms of, cause he's gotten NBA playing better than he's ever had. Tobias Harris had his best years this season. The offense and, and the Sixers overall have played very well. And I, I'm going to give Doc a lot of credit for that. But in terms of rallying guys together when, you know, in the face of adversity and serious adversity, I don't think he's the guy. And I think he's proven that over his career. 
and I'm not going to say he should be an assistant coach because I think he has, you know, he, he has enough, his resume proves that he should be a head coach in the NBA. It's just whether he can win as a head coach anymore is a different story. To think about his, his championship run, he had Tom Thibodeau as, a, as a, an assistant coach. Maybe he just needs an assistant like Tom Thibodeau, who's now coach of the year this past season, right there next to him, who's a fantastic coach as well. I don't know. I just Maybe he just needs to get better players on his team. Because I mean, that, I, I, I get I get the coaching, but it's just like coaches can only yeah. like I always look at it as coaches can only do so much. Well, not for this series, he can't. No, no, this, not for this series. I feel like. But one one thing I will say: if the Clippers move on in advance and Paul George keeps playing the way he does, I think that might be a little bit of an indictment on him too that he couldn't rally the troops last year. And if they can't get the past the Hawks, dudes. right? If they can't get past the Hawks this season. Yeah. That yeah, would look exactly. Really bad. If both of those things happen, yeah, that that would look bad, especially now that the Clippers lost Kawhi Leonard. So yeah, that, that would that would definitely look bad and be yeah. a huge blemish on his resume, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I do want to say one thing too about the players, Ben Simmons again specifically, and Matisse Thybulle too. Down the stretch, Trey Young was taking them off the dribble, no screen. He was going to the basket. That last, well, it wasn't the last possession, but. I think less than a minute left. He had him on a string, pulled back, got him in the air, three free throws to take the lead. That was Thibault on that one. But I was just – I was a little disappointed in the two of them, seeing that they were all defense first team and second team respectively. And this, like, six foot – I'll give him six foot. He might not even be that tall. Dude was – he was just giving it to him in the fourth quarter, honestly. Just straight up, like it. yeah, I, I don't, I don't have you know too much more to say on this game. It's just gonna you know give me a headache. But I, I all I know is if the Sixers don't turn this around and win, you know, win the series somehow, this will be the f- what the fourth season in a row. Uh, they didn't get to the second round last year, but three out of the past four seasons losing in the second round with Joel Embiid being at the helm and playing it the way he is, what has been the common factor? Ben Simmons. And I'm going to, I'm, I'm admitting it now to you guys that I was wrong about Ben. I thought he would turn, you know, his offense around, you know, four years ago, he's talking about, he's going to knock down his free throws. And, and, you know, we see, we see him having highlights in the summertime of him, like doing pull-up jumpers and whatnot a couple years ago, you know? So, so I see all of these things and figured he would try and, implement them into his game in the pro level but clearly it hasn't you know Sixers fans we're fed up with him uh, at this point what he's in his fifth season now fourth fifth season and it he hasn't gotten any better offensively like we all thought he was going to so if if they don't get out if they don't turn this series around they don't move on to you know to the next round I just I, I, I'm going to disappear. I'm going to go hide in a corner, and you're not going to hear from me for about two months. Yeah, this man might be the only guy to have peaked in his first year that he played in the NBA. That's insane. Michael <laughs> Carter Williams. <laughs> yeah, true. True that. Another true sixer. That. <laughs> true that, true that. But, yeah, I mean, I guess we can move off that. Well, I, I, I will get this before we get out of here. Who do you guys have winning that series right now? Got to, got to make a call. Like if I had to put money on it. Yeah. What is, what is your head telling you? Not your heart. We know, we know what your heart's telling you. I think a lot. Look, my, my, my head is telling me that they have played better in every single game at, at, at some point, the Sixers have been a better team and they are the reason why the Hawks have won two of the, of the three games they've won. And it should be over in five. So my head is telling me that the Sixers are better and that they can figure it out. And my heart is telling me, no, they're not. <laughs> so I'm, I'm going to, I don't know. I mean, that's really hard because I, I do think they're a better team. And of course I want them to win, but I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, no, I'm no, I think the Hawks win it tomorrow night. I do. I agree. I'll, I'll go I, with the same. Hawks yeah. win tomorrow. I'm very curious to see if the Sixers just collapse tomorrow. 
And if they do, if they don't show up at all, then I'm going to blame Doc for that and the mental fortitude of the players, obviously, but mostly Doc. Yeah, it's tough. I think it could go either way still, but I'm, I think the Hawks will close it out tomorrow night. Just I don't know if the Sixers are going to be able to overcome Ben Simmons. I figured it would happen at some point. Just didn't think it would be this early on. Yeah, I think the Hawks just got their number now. I think after these two past games, like they, I think they're just confident. Like I feel like I feel like yeah, they are confident. Them. I just don't I don't think they have a number though. The, the Sixers are the reason why they lost. Period. Hey, Capella was out there even playing mind games with Embiid. You know, just was being he a nuisance. A hey, thirty-seven and thirteen performance. No, no, I, I didn't. No, no, I didn't say he would go. I didn't say he guarded him well. I just said he's out there just being a nuisance, trying to just distract him a little bit. You know, just give him. Just give his, okay. it, it just gives gives him a little bit of edge on his part. So, yeah, yeah, sure. Hey, Embiid <laughs> was eight for eight in the first quarter, and Embiid was looking like he was ready to end the series last night. Like he was mad that they lost Game Four, but he's just carrying dead weight. Other than Seth Curry, literally. Last Shout night. out to Seth. He's playing his best. Seriously, ball right now. he's playing out of his yeah. mind. Best ball of his career for sure. But we can move on. Talk about the L.A. Clippers playoff P. Look, I picked them to go to the finals when we started the playoffs here. It's been a rocky road. But I got to say, your boy is feeling great right now. I did not believe that Paul George was going to step up enough for them to win the game. I thought he might play decently. He's gotten it really bad. And for good reason. I would say it's for good reason. He didn't play well. Not just last year in the playoffs, but I believe multiple playoffs leading up to that. But he came out with this game without Kawhi Leonard out with the ACL injury. We don't even know what's going on with him or when he's when he'll be back unless you guys got some new updates. But I just want to stick on Paul George right now. 37 points, 16 rebounds, added five assists. He was 12 for 22. 10 of 11 at the free throw line. Not so great from the three, only three for nine, but huge game for him. Put the team on his back. I got to give him some love because he's saving my picks right now. And, hey, what do you guys think of playoff P? Well, you got to give him credit. Yeah, I think that's the first time we can actually call him that in, what, maybe four years now. So I, I'm sure he's he's very pleased with himself. He played amazing last night. He had a really clutch and one jumper on Royce O'Neal, did the little swim move up and under, got him to, caught him reaching, hit the jump shot, made the free throw, kind of like, it, was, it wasn't a dagger, but I mean, it, it was like one of those demoralizing shots. So yeah, Paul George played great, obviously in the absence of Kawhi, which is obviously their best player. Yeah, I know he's gotten a lot of heat, catch a lot of heat lately, past couple of years for not showing up. It's finally good to see him show up, but I mean, it's still only one game in the second round. We, we still need to like consistently see this because I think people expected him to have performances like these even in the last few years, but he just hasn't been really doing them or he hasn't been doing them efficiently. And last night he actually did that efficiently and led his team to victory. So yeah, he definitely deserves his props. Can't, can't hate on the guy for that. It's honestly what I kind of like, I think a lot of people just really expected from him. Glad to see like got it together. Yeah. Uh, you know, I hope he can keep it up because the NBA needs their stars to perform in big games. And I love to see it. I love to see somebody go through adversity like Paul George has over the past four or five years and come through it. And hopefully he can keep it up. I mean, hopefully this isn't just a, a flute game. And, you know, he goes back to struggling. But I have a feeling with with the way the Clippers are playing, have been playing the past three games, it's not going to happen, even though they don't have Kawhi. I mean, the just to speak on this series a little bit, I don't know if you guys have noticed, but the Clippers are going small ball and they're forcing Rudy Gobert out of the paint. Nicholas Batum has been sitting on the three-point line, and they've had shooters around the three-point line the entire time, and Gobert is in no man's land, which you know, flapping his wings around, trying to get deflections and you know do what he does. But he's just not hes not a factor right now. And I'll give credit to, to Ty Lue for coming up with that with that game plan um, and implementing it. And, and uh, yeah, they've, they've, looked, they've looked really good the past three games. And I hope the loss of Kawhi doesn't hurt them too much, at least in this series. I think it'll really hurt them if they move on, but that's in a conversation for another time. Yeah, I mean, as far as the Clippers, you mentioned the small ball. Zubak was the only real big man that played 
he only got eight minutes. Batum played 42, Marcus Morris 40. And other than that, it was pretty much Kennard, Beverly with Reggie Jackson, Paul George, Terrence Mann. Like, they didn't even play the big men at all. Like, DeMarcus Cousins, DNP. And like you said, been a great strategy. I think Teron Lou is proving his worth as a coach in the league. I know a lot of people, and for good reason, they give LeBron most of the credit for winning the championship. And, like, yeah, you got to. He's he's LeBron. He's going to get credit when they win. Yeah. So, yeah. But I think Teron Lou is actually a good coach. He's showing that to pull this game out without Kawhi Leonard. I thought it's just huge for the Clippers team. This might be the biggest win in franchise history, honestly. Like, we know the struggles that this, that this franchise has had. So, I, I just feel good for all of those guys, especially for PG, man. I really – I was starting to feel bad for him. At first, I was one of his biggest critics, but I was starting to feel bad for him. So, shout out to Paul George. Let's get to the finals. Let's make me look good. Yeah, and um, Terrence, man, he had an amazing play in that game. <laughs> he completely dunked right – like, just went right at Rudy Gobert. I mean, it wasn't really like a full power dunk. I mean, he kind of like threw it in there. But I mean, just the fact that he would attack like that and still finish the play was over the three-time defensive player of the year. Was That was amazing. So just shout out to him for that dunk. Yeah, that dunk was crazy. But yeah, I mean, same question here with this series. Who you guys got? Do you think the Clippers are going to be able to pull this out? Yeah, I mean, I picked them to, to move on in the, pre-game, in the pre-playoff show. And I still don't think the Jazz – I mean, I said it, I know – it's the Jazz, okay? I don't know. They're not going to win the series. No. Yeah, I mean, I, it, I think it just depends on Donovan Mitchell. Like, he didn't really have, like, the standout game, like how, he's, how he has had in the past for this series. So, um, it really just depends on him and how well he plays. And honestly, if they – I'm not really sure the injury updates on Mike Conley. If they are able to get him back, I think it definitely increases their chances of winning. But yeah, they had, need him. Yeah, yeah, they really do. Because, I mean, he's he's such a valuable point guard. to He would be a valuable point guard to any team. But if I had to choose, man, because the Clippers did surprise me last night. I honestly didn't think they were going to get that win. I thought they On could the road still. Too. Yeah, I didn't think they were going to get that win. But now that they did, I feel like the Jazz will get the next game and then maybe the Clippers will get game seven. So I'm, I'm going to go with the Clippers. Obviously, I got to rock with the Clippers still. Feeling good. I picked Clippers in six, I believe. So hopefully they pull it out at home. But yeah, I mean, we can move on. Talk briefly about the Phoenix Suns situation. We talked, oh. I mean, they swept the Nuggets. I think we talked about that. There's not really much to talk about there. It wasn't much of a series at all. But the big news now is CP3 apparently got COVID. I was hearing that he was vaccinated. Not really sure 100% what's going on with this situation, but all I know now is that they're saying he's out indefinitely. The man just can't ever seem to catch a break. I, I hope man get a he, break. he's ready. Like, <laughs> like, my man just got the worst luck ever, man. Like, I just, any, it's just everything is just popping up for him, always in the playoffs. It's like regular season. Like, he, this man's invincible to the outside world, nothing happens. And right when the playoffs is just like whoop hamstring whoop shoulder like oh now it's COVID like man like and he's my favorite point guard and he just can't catch a break like, I want to see him get a championship so bad and he just can't catch a break and it's just yeah it's just one of those unlucky careers it's just unfortunate yeah honestly the best case scenario for the Suns is if this this other series goes seven games and Chris Paul gets what I think two negative tests within twenty four hours. And then he can exit the protocol. And that, you know, that could be anywhere from, I think, 10 or like 7 to 14 days, just depending on his test results and whatnot. So, yeah, I, I'm right there with you, Miles. I feel for him. And I, I really wanted to see him. I want to see him get a ring before he retires. He's 36. In that game, game four against the, the Nuggets, he was absolutely dominant. That mid-range game has has become his specialty. He's just, he's ice cold from that mid-range. Still one of the best free throw shooting point guards. So just one of the best point guards to watch his handle is still he did like a like a weird like in and out fake pass thing the other night I don't even know what it was it was it was great and just seeing him do that at 36 you know he's still he's still a kid out there playing so you know I you know I love him obviously I mean, I'm not a fan like you are of him but 
I do feel terrible for him too. Uh, so hopefully he can get those negative tests and get back on the court and maybe only miss one, maybe two games. But if they, if he misses two games, it might be devastating for that team in the next round. Yeah, just a quick piggyback. This is a little bit off topic, but I think last episode we were talking about John Stockton and CP3. Oh, yeah. And you guys looked at me crazy, so I just wanted to bring that up again and see if you guys had to change the thought or you, got you guys it, still bro. feel the same. <laughs> you got it. I yeah, looked yeah, into yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. You got right. it. Yeah. Thought about it some more. Yeah. It was John Stockton's durability is really yeah. what uh, made his numbers get inflated. No, I mean his um, durability is insane, but yeah. Yeah. I was like, come on. I mean, I mean, he did have some really good like yeah. assists type seasons, but just oh, yeah. Yeah, like, like you were assists. mentioned with the scoring, the assists aren't drastically different. So CP3's level of scoring just puts him ahead for me. And the fact that I mean, neither of them got any championships or yeah any real like MVPs or anything like that. So CP3's number is just better. And like you guys said, like we were saying, he has had terrible luck with injuries and stuff in the playoffs. Who knows? He could have pulled out a championship, maybe with the Rockets, maybe something with the Clippers. I don't think we ever really got to see how good the Clippers were because they were always somebody was hurt between him and Blake Griffin. So, yeah, CP3, he's above Stockton for me. Yeah, honestly, I don't I don't think he would have won a championship yet, but I, I honestly believe if he could have stayed healthy through some of these playoffs, he could have at least reached the finals, like, at least once. But that, that we'll yeah. never know. We'll never know. But, yeah, exactly. CP3 is my guy. Yeah, 37 and 7 in the oh, last yeah. playoff. Yeah, yeah, I was about to say, yeah. I wanted to bring that up. Yeah, that, 14 that was of 19. Crazy efficient. And it's crazy because he has these games when he's getting, like, 15 assists, no turnovers, and – I'm like that stuff is just it's just unreal. Yeah. Got to appreciate that point point God type play. So yeah, I definitely think he's got to be in the top five, maybe all. T- I think all time. That's what I, yeah. That's what I'm I trying seen, to say. I seen Stephen A's list. He had CP3 at number five all time. So I can agree with that. Yeah, but we can move on to the last series. I was super hype on this game five. Kevin Durant took over against the Milwaukee Bucks. We know the story. Kyrie Irving was out. James Harden, he played. I, honestly, I didn't think he was going to play. They upgraded him the day of to doubtful. So, like, it was still, like, not a good chance he was going to play. Probably shouldn't have played. I thought James Harden was terrible. He made one good little and one bucket, but that was about it. Other than that, he he was just out there. The Bucks didn't take advantage of it. They didn't attack him on defense. They allowed KD to do his thing, and he did it, man. He made big shot after big shot. I felt like he just didn't allow them to lose the game. 49 points, 17 rebounds, 10 assists. He played every minute of the game. It's one of the best games that I've ever seen. Honestly, it's got to be in the top five that I've, like, watched live. Personally, I was going crazy. Just greatness, and I said it. In our chat, I'm going to keep saying it for right now. KD proved last night that he's – or whatever night that was, he proved that he's the best player in the league right now. That's what it's got to be right now. That's what it is. I agree with that. You can put a caveat on that, Miles. I know if you want due to injury, sure, you can say that if you want. But regardless, KD, he looks superhuman out there. And 49, 17, and 10, that's, first of all, that's, that's not a set line I'd ever think I'd read off of a KD game. I think the 49, sure, but not the 17, and especially not the 10. He just reminded everybody of who he was and who he is, and that is Kevin Durant, arguably the best scorer of all time, and he's here to try and win a championship. And, you know, I, I got to, I have to, after now saying all that, I have to give you know, I don't understand what Mike Budenholzer is doing, not putting Giannis on this man. I don't get it. He had Chris Middleton. He had Pat Connaughton. He had P.J. Tucker, who is a fantastic defender. But all of those guys are not a seven-foot Greek freak, literally, who won KD Defensive Player of the PJ Year. Guards him. Yeah. He won Defensive Player of the Year, what, two years in a row, right? And he's not guarding – or just one, just just one. one and yeah. he got MVP two years in a row. That's right. Mm-hmm. And he's not guarding the best player in the league right now. Like, what are you doing? Like, wh- why Why are they not having him guard him? In the regular season, we saw him, we saw Giannis block a Kevin Durant jump shot. And I thought that's what was going to be 
a preview of, of this series because we all knew the series was going to happen. Not that Giannis would you know block all of his shots, but did that match up? And it hasn't been at all. And I don't understand. I hope in game uh, in game six tonight that they change their mindset on that because we all want to see the best players go at each other. And yeah, Giannis just isn't living up to being that guy right now anyway. Yeah, I'd agree with a lot of what you said. I mean, Kevin Durant was just on like that. Every time he scored, I just shook my head. I'm just like, that's just too good. It's just too good. He was doing just pull up, just fading forward, like three pointers and just cashing them and hitting like, I'm pretty sure all of his shots were contested. And it was like the people weren't even there when he was shooting the ball. And then he was he was getting to the basket, finishing over Lopez whenever he wanted, pretty much playing point forward that game. He was taking the ball up the court. I mean, like uh, we talked about in the chat, this is like a typical LeBron game where he just he just puts the team on his back, does everything, rebounds, assists, scores, literally just does everything. And yeah, I mean, this performance, like, like Chris mentioned, this is one of the best performances I, I've just ever watched, period. And especially, like you mentioned, going up against the two-time MVP, one-time defensive player of the year. Giannis, didn't, he didn't, it didn't look like he wanted any part in him. It didn't look like he wanted to compete. I just couldn't believe that as the best player in your team, this other guy is just torching you guys and you, and you don't like take the authority just like, no, nah, no, nah, like you good, bro. I got him. Like, I know we've all played pick a ball. Like when, when I see someone on the opposing team, just cooking and I feel like I'm like, I can at least maybe stop him a little bit. I'm like, no, nah, like, let me, let me hold, let me try and hold him. But Giannis has the tools to guard KD. He doesn't have to guard him in the first quarter. Cause you don't want him to get in foul trouble early and deal with that. Cause Giannis is always getting offensive charges, putting himself in bad positions you got to guard KD when he, especially when he's had it rolling like that. I mean, KD was just, he was just disrespecting everybody, just shooting right over him. And nobody wants to give this man, Jeff Green credit. This man, Jeff Green shot seven for eight from the three point line, eight for 11. I mean, if they didn't have him, they don't win that game at all. And I think, I think the Bucks were okay with letting KD have this kind of game, but they couldn't account for Jeff Green having 27. That was huge. Blake Griffin hit some timely threes. I think he was like 50% from the three-point line. Man, I, I really just, thought – yeah, go ahead. I was going to say, just think two PG County boys are going crazy in, yeah. in, in the same game together. Yeah, it was amazing. I think that was Jeff Green's first game back, too, from his uh, plantar fasciitis injury. So, man, I really thought the Bucks had that game. They were dominating in the first quarter. I figured they were going to be able to withstand whatever runs throughout the game. I knew the Nets would get close, but I figured the Bucks could close that one out. And Giannis in the fourth quarter, I just got to say this, that man was just out there running around. He just looks lost. Like Chris Middleton's dribbling, trying to create something. He's just setting screens, just kind of running away, just just like floating in no man's land. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing? Post somebody up. You were like 6'11". Yeah. Post, and when he posted James Harden up and James Harden called the double team off, like James Harden is hampered with a hamstring injury and just guarded Giannis one on one in the post, and got and they got he him bailed him out. Yeah, he, he faded away I'm to like, the baseline bro. when he had a seven inch height advantage, like and probably like 40, like 30, 40 pounds on this man. Like, bro, back him down, make him play defense. He's all you, he's hurt, right? When you're in a fight and you see your opponent's eye is messed up, you keep attacking at that eye, like, you don't just like just start trying to get some go somewhere else like you got to attack and yeah Giannis just he didn't show up like the superstar that I think we all see him as in in the um in the regular season and man he dude's got to get a more consistent jump shot I mean and he he was shooting well that game too but he's just he doesn't take them when it really counts and his free throw shooting is still a little bit suspect and he bobbled that ball to tie the game at the end when Chris Middleton got it to him right next to the basket, bobbled it, went right through his legs. And I'm just like, bro, like, come on. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you for, for me, at least it looks like he's just afraid of the free throw line. And I think that's why he bobbled that ball. I think that's why he faded away against James Harden. He knew when James Harden rejected the double team that if he got into position to score, James Harden was probably going to foul him. So I think he was just trying to, see if he could get a quick bucket, get a little turnaround. He's not being as aggressive. And then when he is, he doesn't really have the moves. Once they just wall off the paint, he just runs guys over, picks up offensive fouls. It actually led to him fouling out of the game late. 
Bro, this guy I, I has know, man. this guy has no he has no bag, and what I mean by that is just like he doesn't have any he doesn't have any like a crossover like a he doesn't have a double crossover he doesn't have he just like runs a, at you yeah he doesn't have like a <laughs> fake spin fade away like he just he has the spin to he has a spin move driving straight down the lane or the or the euro step driving down the lane and once players read that then they're just drawing charges on him he's putting himself in bad position and he's he's got to come up with another level to his game he's just got to expand a little bit more because i mean he he could, he could literally be by far the best player in the nba right now if he just had even the jump shot lebron has and lebron's jump shot is nothing like special but i mean lebron like you still have to play him honest blake griffin's still pretty much sitting at the free throw line guarding him because he knows he's like okay he's gonna just sprint at me hit me with the hero or the spin and i'll just stand there and take the charge so Giannis just got to be better but Obviously, right? not taking anything away from KD, he he wasn't accepting losing that game, and that's what I, I love to see. That just as a fan, like I, I love, I don't care who what player it is, I love to see when a player is just relentless and they don't let their team lose. I love that. Yeah, and to that point, I just want to say too that like I feel like KD's never been asked to carry the team the way he was in Game Five. He's always had at least one other star on the team. It was never like. KD, you got to take the ball every play. You got to play every minute. Like, he literally was asked to do it, and that's what made it so great to me is coming in. I know the Bucks had to know that, too. They they had to know that it was going to run through KD and that he was going to have to be that man, and they, they couldn't do anything about it. I mean, we, we all highlighted some things maybe they could have done, obviously, like putting Giannis on him, but they didn't do it, and they knew what was coming. KD knew what was expected, balled out, man. I just – I was in awe, man. It was – like I said, I just got to give it up for greatness. It was one of the greatest performances probably of all time. His only blemish that game was him missing that free throw for 50. I was like that, so upset. I, that actually bothered me. I was like, bro, you just got to close out the 50-point game right there. And, like, usually, like, when a player has, like, 48 or, like, 30, or like 38, like, they usually, like, and it comes down to free throws, they usually make it. I'm like, KD is going to knock these down, no problem. And then he just back-rimmed, the, I think it was the first free throw. I'm like, oh, my. And you saw it. He was upset, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, he, he was. was. He, yelled yeah, he yelled the F word. He was, he was ticked off. He was. I was glad they got that on, yeah. on national TV. <laughs> Funny moment there. Yeah, you could hear him. But yeah, I mean, we, look, we're recording this on Thursday night. The Bucks Nets game six is going on as we speak. Me and Miles are going to come back on, give a little update after the game, give our thoughts. But while we still got you here, Alex, it's 46-40. Bucks are up right now in the second quarter. Four minutes left in the second quarter. Who's winning this series? I need a prediction. The series, or I think the Nets will. I think the I think the Bucks pull it out tonight, and then the it goes back game seven, and I think the Nets will pull it out. I could see that. What about you, Miles? What you got? Just based on Kevin Durant, he he's, he appears to be a lot more effective than than the Bucks' best player. So I'm I'm gonna go with the Nets. I don't expect James Harden to play as bad as he did either. Assuming he's like getting healthier, I don't know if he stayed the same, made it worse. Like I, I'm not really sure. So yeah, as of right now, he got. 14, he already has 14, yeah. Points, yeah. Five or seven from the field, three or four on three. So oh, yeah. he's bad looks like he's doing a lot better. KD is only five for 11 right now, 10 points. Yeah, real quick before I get out of here, Joe Harris has been non-existent, and that is very unexpected. Yeah, yeah he needs to be better for sure. Right now, two points in the second quarter here. So another dud, it's looking like maybe. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because I when I watch him play, he's getting good looks. He's just yeah, he's, he's just, just missing. missing. He's just missing. It's mental, man. So many yeah. of these guys is just all mental. Might might be the moment. Might be a little bit too big for him right now. He, yeah, a lot of pressure playing with Kevin Durant, James Harden, and Kyrie. Like everyone expects you to just make every shot, just because you're gonna get open shots. And yeah, right. Yeah, never played in games as big as these, probably in his career. So yeah, it happens. But I guess from there, is there anything you guys want to touch on before we get out of here? Yeah, I think we covered pretty much everything. Just, just know if the Sixers lose this series, I'm not, I'm not going to be on here. <laughs> <laughs> now we, the people need to see you. No, we're going live soon. We need you I, on those. I will be, I will be hiding my face. I will have a voice changer. I will, I won't. No, I'm not gonna, <laughs> I'm not gonna expose myself to that that scrutiny. I know you guys are going to give me. <laughs> 
It's only right. <laughs> yeah, it's only right. And speaking of, look, if you're if you made it this far, we definitely appreciate it. Check us out June 27th, Sunday, 8:30. We're gonna be live. Go over to YouTube. You can find us there. We're going live. Give Alex all the scrutiny. What's the 76ers lose? Talk some trash. Hop in the chat. It's going to be a good time. So, yeah, just be looking out for that. But as far as this episode goes, like I said, me and Maul's going to hop on, give our thoughts at the end of this Bucks nets game tonight. And, yeah, keep nerding it up, I guess, for now. All right, so funny story. Last night, me and Miles fell asleep watching the Bucks nets game, so we didn't get a chance to record. But if you're listening to this, you probably know the Bucks pulled out game six, 104-89. Some of the guys we talked about, Kevin Durant, 32-11, and 11, 15 for 30 from the field, two of eight from three, only two field free throw attempts. So not the best game from him. Solid game still. James Harden didn't do much after we finished recording. Finished with 16 points, seven assists, five rebounds. He did chip in four steals in his 40 minutes, only five of nine, three of six from three. So he was he was better, but this game was all about the Bucks at home. Giannis Antetokounmpo, 30 and 17. He was 12 for 20, six out of 10 from the free throw line. That's not the greatest, but we'll take that from him all day. Chris Middleton, though, was spectacular. Watch some of the highlights here. He was His jumper was falling. 5 of 8 from 3, 11 of 16 from the field. Ended with 38 points, 10 rebounds, 5 assists. He had 5 steals himself. So great game from him. Drew Holiday, 21 points, 8 of 21 from the field. Added in 8 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. So solid game from the Bucks' main players there. They pulled out the win. Last guy that we talked about, I wanted to bring him up, Joe Harris. Only nine points, four rebounds, one for four on threes, four of nine from the field. So it was definitely wasn't another good game from him. So he's going to have to step up. Game seven here, Alex said he got the Nets still winning game seven. I think Miles and me both are going with that too. So we're expecting the, the Nets to bounce back at home. In game seven, we'll see what happens. And yeah, sorry about that. Wish we could have got Miles on, but just a little update at the end here. And with that, I mean, listen, if you're still listening, like I said a little bit earlier, appreciate that. And just keep nerding it up. Check out our YouTube page. We're going to be going live on June 27th here, 8.30 p.m. It's Eastern time. If you're on any other coast, Eastern time, 830, come chill with us. Have a good one.